I'm Luka Doncic and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. This is gonna be huge. 360 in the contract. Never that. I just take the contact. I bring it back. I'm running on the fast break behind the back. Yeah, this that, this that, this that. Jerk with the And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead. And joining me, as always, my co-host, contributor at Mavs.com, who bought every single roll of toilet paper at Walmart. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? All right. Let's let's talk about the new uh, Corona rule real quick. They actually Ooh. passed it. Getting That's, it out, we're getting uh, it out of the way. Yeah, let's, I, because I'm, I'm, I'm confused and frustrated a little bit about it because I feel like they got to pick a direction. Pick one of the directions. You can't go down the middle. Woj tweets out today and says, hey, like basically they're going to start limiting the locker room access to only players and essential team personnel, which have fun figuring out who's essential team personnel. And I'd hate to be the person who's like, hey, you're not essential. You're not essential. You're like, important to the team, but you're not it's like essential. the office. And it's like uh, Parks and Rec. It's just on your badge. It's just right there. On your it's badge. on your badge. It says um, that I'm a secu- I am not a security threat. This part of Woj's tweet was uh, funny to me. Teams are also instructed to create a six to eight foot distance between players and so media. like Dorian Fitty Smith's just gonna lay down on the floor and measure out six <laughs> six But six here, foot here's eight. my thing. We've both we've both went to how games that we can't even count on me games we've went to and covered as media. The players are close to so many people in, in on yeah. a game night. It's unbelievable. Walking through the tunnel, walking through the underground like walkway, you're walking past fans all the time. You're high-fiving and, and walking past arena personnel. You're walking out of the tunnel to go into the court to fans right there beside you. The, the amount of people that are in the six to eight foot radius of them the entire night outside of players... It is. I mean, you can't even count any people and how many groups of people. So why are they limiting it to just the media in, in post game? You dive after a loose ball, you're gonna fall into somebody's lap in the first row. I mean, that's you're more taking con- the ball out of bounds. That's more and contact right- than a media person gets. I, I get that. Yeah, you're right there beside somebody. So what are they gonna do? Like, are they? They're not gonna start telling season ticket holders, "Hey, first three rows of the court got to You know, no that those rows have to be empty or cutting off autographs from. So I would understand if they launch this or pass this with in addition to hey the arena is going to be empty no fans and all that stuff like that would make sense but singling out just the media portion of this i don't get this at all with no fan or anybody else restrictions it's it's a little short-sighted i i agree i think that there there are other things that they can do it is a really close contact situation in a kind of vulnerable area which is the locker room uh, and mm-hmm. you do get a lot of like wild cards in the media too, right? Like especially for, sure. for the Mavericks, they give a lot of credentials out. They give credentials to me. Heck, I mean, <laughs> I was there. So, um, yeah, I, I, it's just protecting players, and they're starting with this. I'm sure they'll do other things, but they're not going to miss that. They're not going to miss that courtside money. That, that, they're not no, that's miss true. That. Not going to miss that. All right. Anything else you want to say about this? No, I just I, I'm curious where it's going to go from here. Just like we talked about it, you know, more at the end of yesterday's pod, but it, there's just a lot of unknown right now of where this is going to head and how long it's going to last. This is something that could last what I mean, 
We have no we clue. Have it no could last a no couple reference. weeks. It could last a couple months. It could like who who knows? I just had somebody text me today of the craziness that's going on. Somebody text me from college saying, "Hey, I just got an email from my college. This is in uh, Amherst College up in the north northeast." And they're like, "Hey, I just got an email from my college saying we're we're canceling school for the rest of the semester after spring break and going online only and to fly home. They don't like after spring break. They expect everybody to just stay at home." And I'm like, this is like, I mean, it's stuff like that, that, I mean, in the NBA, there's no telling what this is going to look like moving forward. That's wild. That's wild. Imagine if this goes through the finals. Yeah, that'd be wild. That'd be crazy. Media day at the finals and everyone's, you know, six to eight feet away from from the players. (laughs) Yeah, it's like Kawhi and Giannis talking about it in the finals and at media day. Who's going to tell Guillermo from Jimmy Kimmel? Who's going to? I heard that. <laughs> Who's going to tell Guillermo to not do his interview with LeBron every year at the finals? <laughs> yeah, Guillermo. All right, on the pod today, guys, I have a problem. Yes, problem, you do. And my you problem, like Avatar. My <laughs> <laughs> That's a perfect show. And my problem is spreadsheets. I went psycho crazy on another spreadsheet with the Mavericks clutch record. Uh, the Mavericks right now, if you didn't know, if you're on Twitter, you definitely know this number. They're 13 and 20 in clutch games. The Mavericks have, uh, they're the only team with a plus 500 record that have a losing record in the clutch, which is wild. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to break that all down. Uh, and then we might get to some of your questions that you asked us the other day if we have some more time at the end. But before we get to that, Isaac Harris. Tonight, if you're listening to this on Tuesday, the Dallas Mavericks play against the San Antonio Spurs in San Antonio, and it's on TNT. And if you know anything about TNT and their broadcasters, you know that they're not that great. However, there's an alternative way for you to watch this game and listen to this game tonight. You can watch it with me on Hot Mic. Download the Hot Mic app. Enter the code NickVanExit. You have to enter the code NickVanExit. I can't tell you how important that is because if you don't, I do not get paid. You also have to follow me, Nick Van Exit, and you can watch the game with me tonight on Hot Mike. I'm doing it uh, on Hot Mike. Basically, it's a stream like Twitch, and so you can watch me. You sync up with the game. We're watching it at the same time. I'm calling the game. I'm talking to you. I'm answering questions. It's super fun. I uh, had a lot of fun the last time. Everybody that joined, I appreciate you guys. Uh, and so go and uh, follow me on Hot Mike. There you go. All right. Listen, we, we tried uh, back last year. We, we tried doing this live thing, and we used a different program. And it was something we tried implementing as far as uh, with our pod in addition to our pod. And it was very well received by a lot of listeners. And like, hey, this is fun. It was a way for us to interact during the game and kind of go back and forth instead of just Twitter. And so anyway, that obviously died off. We couldn't figure that out as far as technology-wise. This is It seems like a really cool new solution. I might try to hop on uh, tomorrow night on this or tonight against the Spurs. And it'd be, it's just a fun way, much more uh, willing to talk dialogue through that than responding to... I don't check my full confession. I don't check mentions and notifications <laughs> a lot on Twitter. That's why I don't like respond to a lot of people. Um, but I do every now and then. And... Um, but if you hop on that, maybe we can uh, talk questions, talk basketball. It's more real time. Yeah, I'm doing both games. I'm doing Tuesday and Wednesday on Hot Mike. Isaac might jump on on one of those dates if we can figure it all out. So, also, if this works, if Hot Mike works for me specifically, then we'll do it in the future for Lockdown Maps. And we might even during the summer have live Lockdown Maps pods that you guys can watch that we can do like right after free agency, you know, wraps up, right after the draft or whatever. So, uh, this is very contingent on this working. So if you guys yeah. uh, go follow me, download it, use the code Nick Van Exit, 
and uh, we can make this work and have some more live pods, which you guys have been asking for for years. So yes, hopefully literally we can make years. This work. And Hot Mike came around, and they're they're pretty big in this. So, all right, coming up, let's get into all the clutch stuff. Let's get in all the clutch stats and talk about. Um, there's one positive in the 13 and 20 record that I want to talk about. There's one positive in all the bad stuff, all the offensive rating, all that stuff. I'm going to tell you about it coming up. Ooh, what a tease. All right, Isaac. The Mavericks are 13 and 20 in clutch games this year. And a clutch game, if you don't know, is defined by NBA.com as a game that is within five points with five minutes to go or less. So sometimes that only happens for a brief moment, right? Like somebody scores, they go you know, up or down five, and then it goes back the other way when the other team scores. Uh, other times it's the entire time where it's with, with, within five, and then it ends up being a game-winning shot, all that stuff. So it's kind of a wide range of outcomes at that point, but it's the, it's the number that we have. Here are the teams with 20 clutch losses. Are you ready for this? I'm ready. The Mavericks. Ooh, never would have guessed that one. The Hawks have 20 clutch losses. Wow, I don't even know they've been in enough close games. But. The Pistons have 20 clutch losses. The Knicks also have 20 clutch losses. The Mavericks, by the way, have two clutch losses to the Knicks. The Suns have 21. The Timberwolves have 22. The Pelicans have 24. The Spurs have 24. And the Bulls have 25 clutch losses. That's the Solid list. Group. That's the list right there. The Mavericks are the only team with a winning record overall and a losing record in the clutch. That's wild. By uh, far the only team in the playoffs, too. Well, yeah, because they're the only team above 500. Um, well, the East. East, all oh, the two East teams. <laughs> uh, also, the Mavericks have the highest percentage of their overall losses that are also clutch losses. Uh, it's 76.9%. Boston is close at 76.2%. They're, like, right there. And then at uh, you know 66.7%, which is two-thirds, uh, Toronto, the Pelicans, and the Spurs the percentage of their losses that are actually clutch games. So basically what that stat tells me is the Mavericks don't get blown out. The Mavericks don't lose by more than 10 very often. Neither do the Celtics, uh, neither do the Raptors. The Pelicans haven't, the Spurs haven't um, a lot. Because if you're losing in a clutch game, that means that it was close at least at one point. You're within within striking distance towards the end, which is positive. Uh, The Nuggets are sixth on that list, and the Lakers are seventh on that list. The Bucks, by the way, Isaac asked this question on Twitter. The Bucks only have three clutch losses out of their uh, 12. And I don't think this game last night counted uh, for that. But that's not a very high percentage. They actually have the lowest percentage of their losses that are clutch losses. But That's crazy. Speaks that's how, how good that team is. Isaac said before the before we recorded, Isaac said, watch this. You're just going to say a bunch of stats, and I'm going to say that's crazy the whole time. And he just <laughs> did it without even thinking about it. Um, the Mavericks, they have an overall um, offensive rating. So their offensive rating is points scored per 100 possessions. This is an, the efficiency of an offense. This is the number that everybody references. It's the number one in the league. It has been, at, at some points during the season, the best ever. Uh, it's getting close to not being that at this point. It's 115.9. So they score 115 points, uh, almost 116 points per 100 possessions. It's number one in the league. That's overall. In the clutch. In clutch games, oh, the Dallas go. Mavericks offensive rating goes down to 94.5 Sheesh. in clutch situations. That's the 28th in the league. That means there's two teams that are worse than that. Um that's that crazy. is a huge drop. That's obviously the biggest drop from any you know, from any team from a regular offensive rating to their clutch offensive rating. Let's start with this. With this, now that I've mentioned some of these stats, 
what do you think is is the problem? <laughs> right, oh gosh. Where like let's do Mason Ireland do this all the time. What's the blame pie? Like if we're gonna do a whole pie, do you give it fifty percent Luca, fifty percent Carlisle? Like is it fifty percent Luca, twenty five percent Carlisle, twenty five percent others? Um, like where do we put this blame? Um I mean, gosh, we talked about this a while back, and I don't have a ton of stats in front of me. I, I pulled it up when you started talking about it because I remember the last time when we we did talk about it for uh, pretty much a whole pod. We looked at their shooting numbers, and just looking at Lucas shooting Bad. in the clutch, Lucas shooting eighteen percent from three in the clutch. Kristaps Porzingis is shooting 13% from three. Luka is six for 33 on his threes. He's two of 18 on his step-back threes. That step-back three he made against the Pelicans was the first one he made since November in, in a clutch situation. Yeah, so as far as... <laughs> that's crazy. Uh, <laughs> his, his free throw percentage in the clutch... And, and I'm obviously, I'm, I'm pointing out Luca in this because this is who we put the ball, you know, in his yep. hands a lot, and the, he's the best player. And uh, his give free him the throw credit, give him the blame. Yeah, his free throw percentage in the clutch, sixty five percent, and you know he's only averaging one free throw attempt. Um, that's kind of you know skewed a little bit per as clutch far as game, like yeah. yeah per clutch game, but sixty five percent from free throw line, eighteen uh, percent from the three point line, and field goal percentage as a whole is shooting thirty three percent in the clutch. When your best player is shooting at those percentages in the clutch, that that's a huge that's a, that's a chunk of it right there. When he's having when he's controlling the ball a lot of times in the clutch, it's a, it's a younger team than it was last year. Um, I think that. Um, Carlisle has given the has given the reins to Luca and Porzingis so much that I think honestly he needs to pull it back in and in clutch moments a little bit. The Mavericks can be so effective and then all, all of a sudden just be completely like I mean ninety four point five points per one hundred possessions is like the Knicks the Knicks offense like that overall that it's just a terrible terrible way to go about basketball and I honestly if I'm gonna create some arbitrary blame pie just as where just where i'm thinking um without um man i, I think this i think a lot of this goes on carlisle i think i think i'd put almost 50 percent on carlisle because i think that he has to change the way that they're going about these clutch games because it just seems like we're doing the mavericks are doing it over and over and over again definition of insanity trying to do the same thing letting luca work letting luca do his thing like let's run a couple plays here let's do what the pacers did and run a couple of drag screens and try to attack a mismatch and uh, you know, draw up some things because letting Luca just run free and do what he has to do is not working so this season in the clutch. But Luca was really good last year, which was wild, and that's one of the reasons why this number, you know, this clutch, you know, percentages and these these clutch records and all that stuff. That's one of the reasons why it's so weird is because Luca was so good last year and had so many clutch moments. You can go to my YouTube channel and <laughs> watch a lot of those clutch moments that he had. Uh, but this year, it's just it's so different and. I think part of it's because of because it's a young team. Part of it is because of injuries, and we'll talk about that. Um, there's another thing though. The Mavericks have also been in more games than they were last year, and they were in a lot of games last year. I think they had the most clutch games, but they're also in a lot of games. They don't get blown out a lot. Uh, they have 39 wins overall, um, and so they have won a bunch of games. But the games that they don't win are clutch are clutch games. They have. You know the, the biggest percentage of their losses are clutch losses. So the Ma- the Mavericks are are playing 
to the point where they get in the games and some of these games they shouldn't have gotten back into. So that becomes a clutch loss that, you know, and they lose these games because they get back in even when they shouldn't have, which might not make any sense, but, um, no, it does. Yeah. Because, you know, some of these, you know, you're watching that last five minutes of the game. It's like, if the Mavericks are down by 20 and they barely, you know, creep into, you know, and make it a clutch game at the end, well, there's another clutch loss and then all the, the clutch stats on that. So, you know, a couple of those clutch games, you can probably look at it and be like, "Oh, you know, look at that!" Like, that's just a kind of a, a weird um, game to count as a clutch. But then you watch the Indiana game; that's a complete full clutch game right yeah. there, clutch yeah, ending. Mm-hmm. You know, the back and forth for pretty much the whole time and and all that. So yeah, there's some positives in it of saying, "Hey, like D- Dallas isn't getting blown out." Which how many of the uh, how many of the losses this year have not been clutch losses? Well, let's see; they have twenty five losses, right? Because we, well, yeah, we were just texting about it. It was like, what, six or seven? Six. They have, six they have, or seven. Mavericks have 26 losses overall. 20 losses are clutch. So that's six losses that have been, you know, not a clutch game. Yeah. So, I mean, I feel like that's a, that's a pretty good number. I would rather, um, yeah, I would rather these losses be you know, close losses than losses when you're getting beat by 25 in, in some of these matchups. So if you're looking for a positive, then sure. But it is definitely something that they have to figure out. And, but, when it comes to losses, I, correct me if I'm wrong, they're the only team in the league, right, with no uh, three-game losing streaks? The Mavericks are the only team in the NBA without a three-game losing streak. So, th- since the Bucks had a loss, you know, had another loss, they're in a three-game losing streak right now. Two of those losses are without Giannis, so take that as you will. But the Mavericks are the only team in the NBA without two, three losses in a row, which means that they're really good at responding after a loss, which is a super positive thing. So, if you're taking all the negative with the clutch – Take all the positive in that stat. And a positive come playoff time, too, because, um, hey, that means that the Mavericks are not getting swept in the playoffs. They can't lose three games in a row. Uh, yeah, so, They can lose two uh, in two sets, though. <laughs> it, it does, you know, they do respond well. You know, they've proved that throughout the season. So uh, that'd be cool. The one positive, and I am trying to find a positive in this. That's what that's our brand here. We try to find the positive. Uh Recently, uh, I think Mo tweeted out that he listens to uh, Kirk and them to get angry and to be upset after a loss. Then he listens to us to mellow down and try and, and calm himself, which, hey, we're totally here for. We're here to have some fun. It's basketball. We love to talk about it, and uh, we hope to encourage people. So hopefully <laughs> maybe others do the same thing. Um, the one positive in all of this, all the clutch numbers, all the Lucas shooting terribly, the offense is awful, like all that stuff. When Luka and Porzingis are both playing, the Mavericks are 9-7 and seven in clutch games. 9-7! and 9-7! and seven. That's, a, that's a winning record. That is uh, po- very positive. That is above 500, obviously. The losses are to Portland, which was that challenge game very early in the season. The Lakers, which was the Dwight, you know, Dwight Howard, you know, Steph, or Seth Curry um, overtime game where, you know, they should have called the foul. That was that game. Both of the Knicks losses, which were, again, early in the season. Weird. Can't explain them. The Clippers, which, you know, you take that one every day uh, if you're in a game with the Clippers. The Jazz and the Pacers. Those are the only clutch losses the Mavericks have had with Luka and Porzingis playing. So since, what is it? When was that, that Clippers loss? Since January 20, 21st. No, let's take that all the way back. Since January 1st, the only clutch losses the Mavericks have had while Luca and Porzingis are both playing are the Clippers, the Jazz, and the Pacers. That's it. So since they 
Both had Luca and Porzingis together since they started rolling. Those are the only three clutch losses with both those guys playing. And if neither, if if one of those guys is out, like you just can't even count that as a, as a similar game, right? Like two of the Mavs clutch losses are without both Luca and Porzingis, right? Like that shouldn't count yeah. for anything, but we count it in this big number. Yeah, we count it. I mean, there's definitely some of those games where one of them were, you know was playing and. You know, they should have still yeah, won that I have that numbers game. on that. I can get you that. Uh, but but still, yeah. I mean, you look at those. You know, three teams that you just listed. You know, all three of them are playoff teams. One of them, uh, team I think is going to win the finals. So I mean, that's that's three really you good the teams. Pacers sh- winning the finals. <sighs> Why did you call that out now? I was going to say that. <laughs> Brogdon playoff, coming back. Playoff prediction, but um, you know. I know that though you know anytime we mention those Knicks losses and you know now this Pacers loss and stuff and when it gets to the end of the season ever I'm I'm already tired of it <laughs> of the amount of people that's going to be tweeting out what if saying what if we won those games I'm like every single team in the league could say what if with certain losses Go down and do losses for some of these teams and even the best teams in the league and say, what if we didn't you know, lose to this team in the regular season? So if you want to count some wins for the Mavericks on, oh, they should, what if they beat the Knicks twice? Well, what if another team didn't have some of their bad losses too? Every team has bad losses. So that I just hate that argument. It, it frustrates me. Coming up, let's get into uh, the Mavs record without Luka or without Porzingis, one or the other. Let's talk about that coming up. All right, Isaac. Um, the Mavericks, when Luka Doncic just plays in clutch games and Kristaps Porzingis does not, the Mavericks, what do you think the, what do you think the Mavericks record is? I'll tell you, it's six games that Luka has played and Porzingis has not in a clutch game. Um, two and four. That's exactly what it is. It's they're two and four. Really? Yeah. The Mavericks are two and four when Porzingis doesn't play and Luka does play. When, when Porzingis plays and Luka doesn't play, by the way, it's also six games. They're one and five. Uh, and so they need each other, obviously. And then I mentioned earlier, without both Luca or Porzingis, they're zero and two. One of those games is the Hawks game <laughs> that we mentioned before, uh, and the other one is actually the Boston Celtics in back in December. Uh, Porzingis did play in that game, but he did not play in the clutch situation. So I counted him as out um, when it went that deep into it. Um, so the Mavericks are not good when one of those guys doesn't play. When, but when both of them play, again, 9-7 and seven, <laughs> with wins against Denver, Toronto, the Pelicans twice, the Spurs twice, Orlando, and then Minnesota. Those are their clutch wins with both Luka and Porzingis. The Pelicans and the Spurs, that's your main competition to, to keep yourself in the playoffs, right? Like you're going against those guys. And then Toronto and Denver, those are solid wins in clutch situations. Like those are... That's, that's, those are massive games that the Mavericks won with both Luka and Porzingis, and it was a clutch game. Does this tell you anything about the playoffs? Like, what do we you really pull? need to get healthy, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I'm, I'm trying to, like, what do you pull from this? Because I feel like there's different angles you can look at the clutch loss thing and, like, dang, every, you know, feels like most playoff games are clutch games, or there's going to be a lot of tense moments. And does this mean we're just going to fold in every single one of these moments? Or, you know, does that mean that? Because we are a younger team and Luke is just 20 or, you know, 21. Now we got to say 21. Dang. Now it's weird because we start off saying 19 forever to the teenager stats. The Jason Tatum thing. He's only 20. (laughs) And now it's the 21 thing. But, I just, you know, is this something that they could, you know, will they get into the playoffs and they win like three straight clutch games? And we're like, what did that even mean? You yeah. know, in the regular season, that mean anything. And, um, yeah, I, I'm just wondering what this will look like because it, it's a big deal now. 
And I can just imagine if they get into the playoffs and they, you know, all all four of losses in a series, first round, second round, I mean, finals, you know, whatever, is, Heck yeah. is like clutch losses and games that they could have won. And then everybody's throwing out the clutch, you know, stuff again. So I'm just, I'm curious of how big of a storyline that clutch stuff is going to be for the Mavericks into playoff time. It is a, it's a big storyline from now until the playoffs and into the playoffs probably and through the playoffs mm-hmm. it's, it's a huge story because what i think these numbers tell us the offense is still bad even in the clutch wins so the mavericks are, are winning kind of by the skin of their teeth which happens in clutch games obviously but something needs to change the mavericks need to change something carlisle needs to call more plays he needs to rein something in he needs to maybe even you know let luca do more like I don't, I don't know i don't know exactly what he's talking about in the huddle what he's telling them to do um, but something has to change there, right? Like, I think we can all agree that, that something has to change. Uh, maybe it's just Luca makes more shots, but even, but the shots that he's taking, I mean, he took 18 step back threes in, in clutch situation. He's only made two of them. Um, and so maybe he should drive more instead of taking, <laughs> especially if they're in the bonus. all the numbers, all the numbers tell us that the analytics, Isaac, um, the other thing it tells me is that the clutch record is not all that it's made out to be. Right, thirteen and twenty—that seems ridiculous. Like, how can the Mavericks have lost twenty? They have the same amount of clutch losses as the Hawks and the Knicks and you know the Pistons and these terrible teams that don't have any future. And then they have you know the thirty-nine wins. Right? Well, when when Luca and Porzingis are playing, they're nine and seven, which is not amazing, but it's better. It's way better than thirteen and twenty. Right? Like, it's way better than that. And so you have to look at it in context. The clutch record is not. All as terrible as everyone's saying it is. But the Mavericks are also still bad offensively in, in clutch situations. And so from now until the start of the playoffs, they have to fix that. Like, you have to figure something out about that. Yeah, and I, I, I do want to caution a little bit of saying that fix might not be this year. And it sucks, but it might, might be not growing be. pains. Yeah, it, it could be the growing pains of this. And, you know, when you think about... Uh, people taking these late shots in big games and come playoff time. A lot of times people want guys taking these shots that are experienced. I've done that before. A Danny Green type of player that, you know, is a vet in the league. When you look at Dallas's stats, when I said, hey, they got to shoot the ball better in the clutch. Now, I'm not just like saying that for a cliche thing. I just looked it up. You know who's 30th in the league in three-point percentage in the clutch? The Dallas Mavericks are shooting 22% <laughs> from three in the clutch. Field goal percentage, they're 28th in the league in field goal percentage in the clutch at 37%. That's not very good. Free throw percentage, I don't have it. I just have it pulled up right here. They're 28th in the league in free throw percentage in the clutch. They have to shoot the ball better in the clutch. And yeah, it starts with Luca, but also when you have some, you know, some younger guys on the floor like a Maxi or a Dorian or somebody like that. I, I don't have their shot attempts pulled up in front of me, but if you're putting a younger, maybe inexperienced type of guy out there in a clutch situation, and other teams are making them shoot the ball, then it is a kind of a, you know, it's a, it's a different type of atmosphere. So it's that type of growing pains that they might not figure that out completely this year. It might take a little bit, and it's it's going to be frustrating as a fan to watch, but they, they got to keep growing. Yeah, and it's just something to watch looking forward. I think that's what I took away from taking from looking at all this stuff, breaking all this down, looking at individual games, trying to figure out which ones Luca and Porzingis played in together and all that, is that they have a lot to figure out, but there have been some positives. They've, they've actually they've won clutch games when Luca and Porzingis are playing. 
they've won a couple games when you know when one of them is not playing, which is positive uh, as well. Positive to the depth of this team, and uh, there is more to be figured out. There's definitely you know some work to be done. I actually just wrote for Central Track about Luca and Porzingis. I compared them to a marriage and how they have to make this work. And I think part of that is them figuring this out too. Um, figuring out how to com- communicate more, figuring out how to, you know, they work on the floor together and figuring out the best way. I mean, we even just saw in the Pacers game that uh, Porzingis got stuck on the right wing <laughs> when Miles Turner blocked him and he was, you know, Luca was on the other side of the floor kind of calling for the ball and he didn't get it. So it's those kind of moments that the Mavericks have to really iron out going into the playoffs throughout the rest of the season and then going into their future. And Man, there's so much time. There's time in the rest of the season. There's time for throughout the rest of their careers. I don't think a lot of people expect a title from the Mavericks this year. Like if the Mavericks, if this team was the Clippers and they had their window, which is two years because Paul George and Kawhi have player options in 2021, yeah. then that's when you're freaking out. Like, man, you know this team is you know a short window and they have to figure this out now. The Mavericks have have time to figure this out. And so I know the clutch losses have been really frustrating, and I completely understand that. I understand why everybody's upset about it and frustrated. And somebody on Reddit said that this has been the most fun and maddening season that they've ever watched the Mavericks. That's what a young team is all about. (laughs) Just the most fun and the most maddening at the same time. Hey, at least they're not the Hornets, who are like really great and clutch, but they've lost a million games. You know, I've I've joked with different people, different media people. Um, Yeah, I won't say names. Some of them not me. (laughs) <laughs> that it's been a, like an ongoing joke that man it seems like this year uh Mavs fans on Twitter is it's been like difficult some like especially on losses and it's been hard to uh, interact with you know different because everybody's just so like you know mad and whether you want to say hot some people get really hostile after some of these things and you know tensions are high but expectations are higher and mm-hmm. that that's why it's like that you know that it took a while for that to click for me i'm like all right dang these past like couple of seasons like who gives a crap I mean, like people there's like, we're arguing if tanking's bad <laughs> you know that's like and it, after losses which a lot of losses happened over the past couple of years people are all collectively happy about it for the most <laughs> part like yeah tankathon let's go <laughs> And now people are back, like truly invested, caring and stuff. So in a way, even though it does get frustrating, even though after some of these losses, I, I can't even get on Twitter because there's some like just ra- like just crazy ideas and wanting firings and the players suck and like all this stuff. And I'm like, oh, gosh, like just let's just tone it down a little bit. It's still people are like excited about it, and I'm excited. I found myself this year getting more upset about losses than I have the past two or three years. I'm like, dang, that sucked. I'm like walking out of the arena like pissed <laughs> off, and I'm like, dang, all right, now I gotta go chill before I do a podcast. And so I, I get it. I'm right there with you all, but it's not the end of the world. Nick said at the beginning of the season he's been hammering home. This season is about chemistry between KP and Luca, and it's not going to just snap super quick. It's not gonna be a light switch. And that might go into the playoffs. And we got to understand, man, if they go into the playoffs and they get beaten like five games, or whatever, it's still a huge learning experience. It's still, in my opinion, a successful season because they got there. It's there's so much experience that this whole roster and those two are going to gain by getting to the playoffs this year. It's that's huge for them. And there's that's a, a stepping stone for what could come in the future. Let's just say will come in the future. So hang in there. Clutch sucks sometimes because we all want those close wins, but. Gotta gotta grow somehow.
There you go. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Locked On Mavs. After this pod, tell your smart device to play Locked On NBA, especially today because I hosted with David Ramil from Locked On Heat. We did not talk about Dwayne Wade at all, so you don't have to worry about that. Thank God. Um, we talked a lot about the Lakers, the Rockets, uh, the Bucks, any teams that could knock you off. You talked about the Lakers? We talked about that the Lakers are the favorites. I made sure we did not talk about the MVP race at all. So <laughs> you won't have to worry Guys, about that. Y'all miss Nick and I argued off off the pod. We did a yesterday whole pod. for legit like 20, 25 minutes arguing about yes, Giannis LeBron thing, and y'all can just take a guess what what side Nick's on right now. I think he. I think a case can be made. I don't think that he is the MVP. There's right. zero case being made right now. And uh, what ESPN's doing right now with LeBron stuff and trying to pull the off-the-court stuff for LeBron, it's just flat-out embarrassing. But, you know, ESPN's got to do what they got to do, man. Got to get them clicks. Um, also, download the Hot Mic app. Watch me and hang out with me as we watch the, the Mavericks' next two games. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Locked on Mavs. Peace out. Boom. Boom.